Welcome to the Central Vineyard Podcast. We're really pleased you've chosen to join us today. Our vision is to be a transformational church community, following Jesus, joining God in the renewal of all things. We'd love for you to join us in person if you're able to on a Sunday morning. If you would like more details, you can visit our website at centralvineyard.co.uk. Michelle, um, good morning. Morning to our visitors. There's lots of visitors today as well, so it's nice to see you all. Um, if me and Mike, who led worship, had got together, you would think we'd planned today. Um, just the songs that Mike chose were spot on um, for what I've prepped. Um, we didn't get together, and I don't think we, we, we've spoken in... Well, we've definitely not... We we do talk, we do talk, but not not very often. Maybe a hello on a Sunday morning. So we didn't prepare this together. Um, but I love how God just does that sort of thing and um, works it all out for for His glory. So today we are wrapping up our short series on Advent. You. We said over the last couple of weeks that we've thrown the Advent season out by a week. We started a week early. We finished a couple of weeks early, Um, but it's there, it's there. All things point to Jesus. So I'm going to recap. Two weeks ago, Deborah spoke on there is a light and the anticipation of people waiting for the one who would come to reveal God, the one who is light and life to all. Then last week, John spoke on there is a darkness and how the enemy would want to deceive us and the importance of having our focus centered on Jesus. And it is in the light of Jesus that we become more aware of what the darkness is and how it impacts our lives and the culture around us. And so this week, we are looking at there is a way. So I'm going to begin by reading our passage for today, which we'll come back to a little bit later. So this is John 14, verses 1 through 10, and I'm reading from the ESV. Let Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you will be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. It is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still don't Do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Whoever can you say, how can you say, show us the Father? 
Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. So those of you who have been around over the last couple of months will have recognized an I am statement in the passage that I just read. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. It's one of seven that is found in John's gospel, seven descriptions spoken by Jesus explaining who he is. And Dan spoke on I am the way, the truth, and the life four weeks ago. And so if you want to hear that message or any of our Sunday sermons, you can catch up on the podcast. I am the way, the truth, and the life is only half of John 14 verse 6. And so today we're going to focus on the second part of that verse. But first, I'm going to pray. Yeah, Father, we invite you to come and speak to us today. Come and speak to our hearts. Let us see more of who you are. Holy Spirit, open our ears, open our eyes, that we may be transformed by the truth of Jesus. In your name, amen. So as I said, John 14, verse 6, we're looking at the second part, and it says, no one comes to the Father except through me. I am statements reveal who Jesus is. And in turn, Jesus is revealing the Father to us. Verse 7 of John 14 says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. By knowing Jesus, we know Father. Some of you will know that I spent some time studying in the States. One of the... The assignments that we were given was to go through John's gospel and mark all the times that we saw Jesus and Father mentioned together and how they relate to each other. And so if you fancy something to do over the Christmas break, read through John's gospel and mark how many times you see Jesus say he and the Father are one. Or if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. So in case I'd missed any, which is possible, I Googled it. And so according to Google, I have a Bible in the office with little, little um, marks every time I see it, there is a Jesus and Father related, but I was a bit unsure if I'd got it right. So um, according to Google, Jesus used the phrase, my father, 34 times in John's Gospel. We see the intimate relationship and the connection between Jesus and Father in other Gospels too. Matthew 11, verse 27. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So back to John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It struck me as I was pondering this talk, so I tend to ponder things for a couple of weeks before I put anything on paper, 
How often do we get stuck on focusing on something good, but miss out on the fullness of what's available? We know Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, but do we live in the fullness of him introducing us to Father God? Jack Winter, someone who had an amazing revelation of God's father heart and traveled the world sharing on the father's love, wrote a book called The Homecoming. And when I started writing this message 10 days ago, I had a look on Amazon to see if there was any copies available. And at that point, there was two. One at 38.95 plus postage, and the other at £73.40, but that did include delivery. So check in today, this morning, um, there were a few more copies available. There was one at £8.07, but I don't think that one will be there that long. So get on your phone now if you want to read the book. So in this book, Jack Winter, which I love the name, says the goal and climax of of New Testament revelation is the Father. If we stop with knowing Jesus or experiencing the power of Holy Spirit, then we will stop short of the revelation and the relationship that Jesus died to give us. For us, we have relationship with Father, with Jesus, Holy Spirit, and we get to grow in our knowledge and experience of all of them as we walk out our discipleship journey. And so this morning, we're going to go on a journey, a journey that leads to someone, not somewhere or something. We're going to go on a journey, but we're going to start at the end. So a bit of a backward journey. I'm going to read a few scriptures today to kick us off, and then we'll, put, we'll see how our journey fits in with the journey of Jesus. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to the book of Revelation. As I said, we're starting at the end, so the very last book of the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, we do have some New Testaments on the landing, so speak to the welcome team if you do want one. The words will appear on the screen. So Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, and prepared, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. So Revelation is not an easy book to understand, and for an overview, I suggest taking a look at the Bible Project video, which introduces this book in a, a really good way. Um, but I'm just going to particularly look at chapter 21. There's a 
pastor a, a vineyard in Croydon called Tom Thompson. Um, and he's been going through the New Testament this year, a chapter a day. And there's a book that will take you through the plan with a short thought and reflection for each day. I only actually found out about this book a couple of weeks ago. So I'm going to start it in January. But I did have a look to see what it said on Revelation 21. So he says, this is our great hope. This is what we cry out for like a hot shower and our own bed after a week of soggy camping. The content of this chapter should be imagined and then reimagined to ensure hope, our hope is real. The key phrase is that now in this new earth, God has come down to live with his people. All wrongs have been done, have been righted. The earth has been transformed, made perfect and fully redeemed in every way. But something that we could only still describe as earth. And so a new earth for us to enjoy for eternity, to live forever in hope, peace, joy, and love, all those things we associate with Advent and are traditionally taught over the four weeks in churches. It's because of Jesus and because of what he's done for us on the cross that we have hope. And so now let's go into the Old Testament with a couple of scriptures from Isaiah. This is a prophet who's writing over 700 years before Jesus came. Isaiah 53 is a prophecy of what would happen to the one who would come to bring salvation. And so, yes, we're looking at a passage associated with Easter and it's Christmas, but the journey can't be separated. Isaiah 53, verse 3 through 5. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men would hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Jesus was aware of the pain he would go through. The agony he would suffer. And yet he surrendered his will to that of the Father and endured the cross for us. One of the things we do at Christmas is sing carols, and we'll be doing some of that this afternoon. And there's some traditional, some a little bit more modern. When I was at school, Christmas time was a time for our school band and choir to perform. I don't know how I managed to get in the, in the choir, but I, I kind of sneaked in. My first Christmas as a Christian, having made a decision to follow Jesus in the April, we sang a song that I'd not heard before. Both my music teachers were part of the Salvation Army, and so I think that helped with their song selection. The song to the music of Greensleeves was What Child Is This? The song starts with the words, What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthem sweet, while shepherds watch are keeping. And then a chorus, another verse, 
And then comes this verse. Nails, spears shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail, the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. Maybe an unusual verse in a Christmas carol about baby Jesus. But I remember crying through each performance. I knew the words were true and my life had been changed because of them. And that's the power of this journey and following the way Jesus has made for us. Now, a couple more verses from earlier in the book of Isaiah. Jesus, the man willing to die a horrendous death to make way for us, came to us as a baby. Isaiah 9, 5 and 6. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has, shone, uh, has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us his son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So having been on our journey backwards from the second coming of Jesus to his death on the cross, way back to words spoken before he was born about his coming, we come back to, to today, to Advent. Advent means arrival and signifies the start of an, of an event or arrival of a person. So why did Jesus come? Let's think back to the scripture John read last week. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God, Father God, so loved us that he gave Jesus, his son, that we might be saved. And that's the gospel, the good news. One of the best explanations I've heard, which very much encompasses that verse and the heart of the gospel, is this quote. And I don't know who first quoted it. The gospel is simply this. It's about a father who lost his kids in the garden and wants them back. Father God wants our relationship with him to be restored. And the way he has made that possible is through the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so back to our passage today, John 14. I'm not going to read the whole passage. I've just picked out a few verses, this time from the message paraphrase. Don't let this rattle you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me. There is plenty of room for you in my father's home. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I am going, I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? Jesus said, I am the road, also the truth and the life. No one gets to the father apart from me. And if you really knew me, you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him. You've even seen him. To see me is to see the Father. And just to repeat, 
one more time, the second part of verse 6. No one gets to the Father apart from me. Jesus is the way to Father. Ed Purek, who is a, was a vineyard pastor um, and author in his book, The Father Loves You, says, When we come to accept Jesus as our saviour, we need to remind ourselves that Jesus wants to introduce us to Father so that we can find the love we are looking for. Jesus helps us to include a loving Father in our theological perception of God and see the face of the Father in our experiences in the Holy Spirit. Our first encounter with his love invites us to fully come to know him as Abba Father and experience his affectionate love to the core of our being. If we stop at knowing Jesus, we miss something. Jesus came to, so we can know Father. And we get to live in the love of Father revealed through Jesus. And we live that out through Holy Spirit. Jesus was the person he was because of his relationship with Father. We are to become like Jesus. And in becoming like Jesus, we grow in being loved by Father. We are no longer orphans. Personally, Jesus showing me the way to Father has been a big part of my journey. When I first became a Christian, I powerfully encountered Holy Spirit, having made a commitment to follow Jesus at a lunchtime meeting. And that evening, I was laying my hands on people and praying, come Holy Spirit. I thought that's what being a Christian was about. In my mid-twenties, I walked away from church, turning my back on Jesus, mainly because of hurt. And then I encountered Jesus again as I was looking for love on a dating site. And I knew Jesus had come and found me. But God as Father was something that escaped me. It wasn't reality to me. And I rarely addressed my prayers to Father. I prayed to Jesus and Holy Spirit, or occasionally Lord. In my late 30s, whilst living in the States, I was studying John's Gospel. And God spoke to me through one of the I Am statements, I am the vine. He was encouraging me to abide, to remain in him. And he would be my security, my peace, love, hope, safety, comfort. And I remember writing all that down and handing my assignment in on the Wednesday. That Friday, I got a phone call from my brother to say my dad had cancer. And on the Monday, my dad passed away. I was four and a half thousand miles from home. And in the loss of my earthly father, I encountered my heavenly father. And I pictured myself climbing onto Father's lap and being in his presence, being surrounded by him and receiving his love. And it's been quite a journey, and it still is, as I let Heavenly Father love me and bring healing to my brokenness. But I can now call him Father. I see Jesus as one 
who walked with Father, lived in his love and was totally secure in who he was because of his relationship with Father. A picture Father encourages with me, particularly when doing something for the first time or something I find hard, is to climb on his toes like a little girl would and be led by him. And I do that every time I preach because I get really nervous when I stand up here. So I, I imagine myself standing on my heavenly father's toes and he can just take the lead. I don't need to know where my feet are going. I don't need to figure it all out. I simply trust and I don't control the steps. Father takes the lead and I get to join in with what he's doing. And when my uncle calls me orphan, which he does when I see him, so likely heard at Christmas, he will call me his little orphan. I am secure in the truth that I am a child of God and that my heavenly father loves me. So what does it look like to live like Jesus lived in intimate relationship with father? To live like Jesus means we allow Heavenly Father to love us, to show us his affection, to encourage us. We tune in to his affirmation of us and we walk in the truth that we are fully accepted and don't need to strive for anything because through Jesus we have been led to Father. And how does that look over the Christmas period and into 2024? In those difficult moments with people, maybe relatives, where there's disagreement or we feel hurt or challenged by something they say, we can re retreat and we can talk to Father God about it. In the crazy, busy times of Christmas celebrations, the travel, the visiting family, or the rushing back to work or studies in the new year, we can lean back and rest in Father's strong arms. Or as we move into something new, and perhaps fear tries to grip us, we are able to let go of control, to step on Father's toes, so to speak, and let him take the lead. And as Pete reminded us, Father has good plans for us. And so if you're able and would like to join me in standing, we all have a journey with Father, and it's Jesus that leads us to him. And so maybe it's that we need to know the forgiveness of God, that we've never made a commitment to Jesus. And at this point, you need to know the power that forgiveness brings to bring you back into the presence of Father. The Father who runs to you, even if you are far away. And we sung that in one of the songs earlier. Maybe you just need to know Father's love. Those arms of love, again, as we sung earlier. Those welcoming arms of the Father. Or maybe you need to surrender. Surrender the control that you have. 
lay down the path that you might be planning for yourself and know that he had good plan he has good plans maybe take the path less traveled if he's calling you onto that or maybe you lay down what you're carrying and receive the mercy and the love of God for he is in control and he knows all things and can change all things. And so, Holy Spirit, come. Come and reveal, Father, to us that we would know the compassionate heart of God. That relationship that, that Jesus died to bring us into.